Welcome to our 25th Amuna class with Rav Shalom Morris, translated by Rav Dayan Elgrod. We are here in Yushalayim with the Rav Hashem and Rav Dayan Elgrod and Gedalia Fenster. We're so excited to have our special guest. And we're dedicating our Amuna class to the success of Gedalia Fenster, his family, his team, and everyone connected to the special guest and everything he needs. And also to the full healing of Tova Leah Bas Rivka and Gedalia's son, Yerachmo Daniel Ben Tova Basha, to be rid of Corona. And everyone should have a Rafur Shlema. We appreciate your dedication to our Muna classes and the Rav's teachings. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Gedalia. Thank you. Okay, we're going to say thank you also for all the appreciated feedback throughout the week, the questions. You're welcome to leave some here underneath in our live feed and Facebook, Instagram, and um, YouTube. And to remind you all that Rav Orish is a Muna coaching exercise and workshop. We're already by the six. That's where we're holding Quinta Rav last week. And we're going to go to the seventh shortly. In fact... We're now going to go into the feedback. This is the beginning feedback. Blessed to Israel. Amen. Thank you. So beautiful. Shalom all the Rabbonim and guests. We hear Nisim on YouTube and we love his new song, The Have a Song. And someone else wrote, I'm Christian and I came from Italy. I think your teachings is very good. And the Rav is very patient. God bless all. Another feedback. Amen. The modern world provides such great rabbis from many sources. We imagine this would be nearly impossible only a few decades earlier. We're very grateful to have such great people in our generation. Wow, amazing. Baruch Hashem. Shalom dear Rabbi Shalom Orish, Diane Elgrod and Eli Goldsmith. And also to Asaf and Nisim from last week. Thanks to Hashem to have this wonderful QA class. May Hashem bless you all. Greetings from Colombia. Wow, all the way from Colombia that was. Uh, didn't you come from Colombia, Gedalia, originally? Yes, I did. Yes, yes. Colombia. Wow, yes. so we got a shout out from Colombia. Thank you, Ravosh and, and Asaf. Greetings from non sunny Florida. <laughs> Why is it not sunny? I'm sure it's sunny. It wasn't sunny it's in very Florida? Sunny here. Okay, maybe he was making a mistake there. Thank you very much. You <laughs> didn't want to make us feel bad, maybe. Thank you very much, <laughs> Breslov. Asaf, don't let the beast yet to her prey on your sitsits or payots. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, last week's guest. He had nice, beautiful, long payots and sitsits, and he's in the music business. Not an easy challenge. Shavuot Top from Australia, Victoria Emerald wrote, Tadara Bav, all your amazing Shirim. Meshem bless you and safeguard you and cause his beautiful face to shine upon you and grant you always much shalom. And he put a heart. Thank you very much, Victoria. Now, on Gedalia's last class posted here, we, we post once a week your class on our site, thanks to your kindness, and we post it there weekly, and it, the person wrote, amazing teaching. It's also like a Rebbe. This is what they wrote about you, Gedalia. And Rabbi Valia Yosef. Wow, that's a big compliment. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Hashem, bless you all. Amen, amen. Wow. Amazing team and teaching. This was a praise to your teaching last this week with, uh, I think his name was Rabbi Calamus or something, Calamus. Sure, sure. Yeah, wonderful, so that you got great praise right. on that class. So blessed and to be part of this wonderful exercise today. It was truly a blessing. I think they're talking about the Muna exercise. And I'm so thankful to be blessed by the Rav always. So now we're going to begin our class. And we always like to remind the Rav, we have a Muna exercise, and that's how we'd like to begin. I forgot to tell you about that, Gedalia. We have an Amuna exercise. We're already holding by the six. And if I forget to call it out, I get in trouble with our 
with our listeners. Oh, so yes. please, uh, if the Rav and Rav Elgod would begin us Rav. with the with the first Amuna exercise. What do we do? We're going to lift weights or what are we going to do? <laughs> lift weights. Kacha. Oh, we're going to lift Blessed is Hashem and thank you Hashem. We're already doing our Muna exercise. I'm not going to repeat all the exercise that we've done. Because, as I already said in previous shiurim, you can go into our website and see there all the different exercise, and you can join us from where we're standing now. I'd just like to shortly, shortly remind you about the exercises, just so that we know where we're standing, so we can quickly continue onwards. Exercise number one that we learned in our Muna coaching. Is that a person needs to know, know, not believe, to know that Hashem always loves him. Exercise number two that we learned. To know that there is no one else except for Hashem. Exercise number three that we learned. <coughs> that the free choice for the future is in a person's hands. Exercise number four that we learned. That the free choice for everything that happened in the past is to know that everything that happened to you is only for the best. What the free choice about the past means, things have already happened, so how can you choose? Your choice is to choose whether things were for the better or for the worse. That's free choice, choosing that everything was for the better good. Exercise number five that we learned. This is called working on your will. Anything that you want to attain or to achieve spiritually, you need to want it and you need to work on it on a daily basis. Exercise number six. That today I am going to repeat it. Is that a person needs to know himself. That he is only good. And he only wants to do good. And the bad, that belongs to the dark side, not to him. That is the main battle a person has. The dark side is constantly trying to convince a person that he's bad, that he's evil. 
כמו שאמר רבי נחמן ברסלב, just like רבי נחמן ברסלב said, שהישראל לא רוצה את העבירה, that the dark side doesn't want the sin itself. רק רוצה לבוא לשכנע את הבן אדם, להגיד לו שאתה רע, ואתה רשע, ולהפיל אותו לעצבות. He wants to persuade a person that the person is evil, that he is bad, and to make him fall into sadness and despair. אבל אנחנו, אדם צריך לדעת, אין. But a person needs to know, even if he commits the greatest sin, the greatest transgression in the world, he needs to know this with a true knowledge, that he does not want the sin. I only want to do good. So why did I fail? That's because I didn't pray. Because a person doesn't have the power to overcome his own dark side. And his only power is prayer. That's why the main aspect of repentance of tshuva is why didn't I pray? But a person needs to remain happy and joyful. And to believe that he's going to have now a new start. As if he never ever started something new in his life. And only when he's happy. Only then. And after that, can he do tshuva, repent for the sin that he committed? And the repentance is, it's not for the sin itself. It's for not praying enough to be able to overcome the sin. In fact, exercise number six, We need to speak about it more. We need to develop it more. Because that is the main battle on a daily basis that we have with our dark side. I'll be very happy that people send questions to us. On this issue of exercise number six. And Gedalia already thank Hashem knows that he's good and the dark side can't ha- doesn't have any power over him. Hashem. <laughs> Beautiful. I don't think that right now it's good to advance to exercise number seven. Because this battle that we have, knowing that we're good, believing that we only want good, That is the main power a person has over the dark side. Because if he remains happy, then he can do tshuva and repent. He can pray for a long time. He can strengthen others. 
But if the dark side manages to persuade him and he falls into sadness and disparity, and if he becomes completely desperate of himself, he chases himself and haunts himself, he persecutes himself and accuses himself, that is the battle. So that's why that's why it's very important to know this, to know this, not just to believe it. So everyone's going to ask me, how can you say that I am good? Because who are you? I'm not, when I'm talking to Gedalia, am I speaking to Gedalia's coat, to Gedalia's jacket? No. No. I'm not also speaking to Gedalia's body. Gedalia is a soul called Gedalia. And the soul is a part of the infinite heavenly realm. And just like Hashem is purely good, so to everyone that has a neshama that is part of that infinite goodness, he also is purely good. <coughs> if you have any more questions, please send all the questions to Abelio here. Do they know your mail? They know how to reach you? Yeah. YouTube, Facebook. Email Shali, Ellie.goldsmith, ELI.GOLDSMITH. It's underneath all the videos at breastlev.co.al. You can find it there. I always make it available. And uh, you can reach me in all the other platforms as well. DM me. And uh, even if you DM G- Gedalia, he'll send it to me, one of his boys. <laughs> We're all working together. This is a global uh, takeover with Amuna. <laughs> So we'd like to hear another question from, we have already, people did send kindly questions. And Gedalia also, we'd like to hear from Gedalia as well about these questions. With please. pleasure. The first question is, Rov, I have been having a challenging time finding my soulmate. I'm very picky and I struggle connecting with others. I'm always saying thank you every day and pray every day. Any advice? שואלים כאן הרב על הנושא הזה של מציאת זיווג, בן אדם אומר שהוא בררן, קשה לו להתחבר לאנשים אחרים. הוא מתפלל כל יום ואומר תודה, הוא עדיין לא מצא את הזיווג שלו. יש לרב עצה מה לעשות? אז קודם כל צריך למצוא את עצמו. Very nice, but the first thing is a person needs to find himself. צריך להתחבר עם עצמו קודם כל. You have to connect with yourself first of all. הוא לא רק שלא מצליח להתחבר עם אחרים. It's not just that he's not managing to connect to others. He's not managing to connect himself. When a person is happy, when a person knows himself and is happy with himself, he's able easily to connect to others. When a person, he has his feeling good with himself. It's very easy for him to connect to others. When a person knows himself that he is good, 
This is exactly what we learned now in exercise number six, and that's the answer for this question. When a person knows that he is good, and he knows that everyone is good, just like I have a soul, so too others have a soul. So even if the dark side manages to overcome him, but he knows that it's not him, it's the dark side. And no one taught him, no one gave him the main weapon against the dark side. Rabbi Nachman Abresov says that the main weapon that a person has against the dark side is prayer. So if a person knows how to connect himself, that's why he needs to take exercise number one to know that Hashem always loves him and he loves everyone and not just him. And he knows also exercise number six that he is only good and he only wants to do good and that everyone else is also only good and only wants to do good, it will be very easy for him to connect to others. Good luck. Wow. Gedalia, what went on here? Gedalia, smile. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning course, I mean, just to, to be in front of a rabbi. You know, I, I prayed to be with the rabbi this year. I, I guess I wasn't specific. I wanted to be next to him, not on Zoom. But I, I, I have to thank Hashem whatever I get. Um, I mean, this question about marriage, this, you know, I always, this is the number one thing I, I always tell people. You know, you have to focus on becoming the one instead of looking for the one. And, you know, I, I, I stress this so much because when you become the whole, the whole, the whole problem with a lack that Hashem creates is for you to get closer to Hashem through that lack. A lack is not to lose your self-esteem. A lack is not to, to, to make you doubt yourself. A lack is not to invite more fears in your life. A lack is there for you to get closer to Hashem in that lack. And, and that's the, the whole basis of God having so much compassion on us. And today, unfortunately, the single scene is there's a lot of limitations. On, on, we put limits on, well, I'm 35. Or how am I going to get, who am I going to get at that age? Or I have two kids. Who am I going to get at that age? Or how is anybody going to like this person if I'm this? So what happens is it's not really the situation. It's the conditions and the energy um, behind it. You know, when I got remarried, I had two kids. I never had any limiting belief that there would be a problem. But we have to, we have to really work on Emunah and really break these stories that we have and break this negative energy and really, really work on ourselves. And then once we find ourselves, then we know what we want. Because when I recognize when a, when a person finds himself and he finds out and he does the, the spiritual work, what's going to happen is he's going to start looking for different kind of people instead of looking for the people that he would have thought he would have gotten married before. That's, that's the number one thing I get is when people tell me, well, you know, after listening to the classes, um, after working on myself, I thought what I wanted before, but now I realize I want somebody much more spiritual. I want somebody that can give me light. I was looking for different things. So that's the whole thing about when we do this transformation, we're able to want better things and, and, and want better Zivugim and want better things out of Zivug. Instead of doing what the Yetzirah wants is just let me look good instead of let me do good.
And that's one of the things. Of, stop looking for the one and start becoming the one. Always attract who you want to be. Well, Luke, Dalia, that's exactly what the kind of questions that we, and answers we need because this is a very common concern of people right now, finding their soulmate. And that's one of the reasons why we call this class Soulful Win. We want to really realize that we can win and we can do this process of finding a soulmate and being successful in business and being successful with Shalom Bayat and all the things that people reach out to us day in, day out, including we, I hear from your classes, I listen to your classes at Breast of Power and we post them. We also, once a week, we post on our channels as well. And it's amazing how much chizik people need on this concept that they can do it. And you mentioned before this year about the idea of the process. How do you win? There's a process. So it definitely connects into this question about Shaduchim. Could you explain just a, just two more minutes about this Indian, uh, this matter of process so we can get some clarity on right. that? Right. Before that, Elliot, I just want well, to... One, one thing I mentioned, you know, a lot of people are marrying people on conditions. You know, if he has to be this, he has to be that. People don't realize that when you get married, things change. Things change. And things that you would have never thought you would have had to deal with, you have to deal with. So what happens is if you marry somebody on a condition, next thing you know, that condition goes away. What do you do now? You got stuck with, with expectations that turn into resentment. So that's why the best way to do is when you go into a marriage to give. Because when you go into give, you're not going to end up with the expectation and you're not going to end up with resentment. According to your second question is we need to understand that this process is it's definitely a process. Building yourself, building your kalim, is, it's a process. And it's not something fast because, you know, a mother would never want to, you know, imagine a mother being pregnant and all of a sudden six months into the pregnancy, she says, you know, I'm ready, but the baby's not ready. <laughs> so it doesn't, you never want to take out a baby six months and all of a sudden, you know, God forbid you, you could hurt the baby if the baby's premature. So this is the time when we're waiting, you know, this is the time when we have to build a lot of desire and we're getting almost tested in heaven to see how much we want that marriage. What are we willing to sacrifice for that marriage? What are we willing to do in that marriage? In that, in that time that you're waiting. So that's really that test to understand. You really can't skip the process. You have to re re realize that the more you're chasing the prize, the more you're going to miss the process. But you, the more you're into the process, the, more, the less likely you're going to be upset if the prize doesn't come. And because you're in the process so good, you're going to attract the prize. So here's the whole concept of being patient, having patient you know, renewing yourself, making sure you're going on dates with renewed energy, not making sure you're going on dates with, with exhaustion and tiredness and judgmental, being judgmental and being too picky every minute. Because what happens is you're, you're going you're gonna to put yourself in a situation where your expectations are not going to meet what you want. And then next thing you know, you're only going to be let down. So I always say go to give and recognize it is a process. This process is going to get you closer to God because when you're ready here, You'll be ready, God willing, when you get married. Right. <laughs> it's a process in getting everything worked out, thank God. But slowly, slowly, we really appreciate you making time for us, Gedalia, and all your years of connection to the, to the Rav and to sharing Amuna. And I've been listening over the years, all the times you quote Rav Oresh and his Garden of Amuna books, which we are putting underneath. Uh, to go there to the breastlove.com site and people can get the books there, the Garden of Muna. It's very, 
accessible and available and we appreciate the fact that you've hosted us all these many years in your home and we've had beautiful shirim with the lighthouse project and michael ben melech and all these other wonderful friends of ours in miami like rav galamidi we we miss we miss them very much this year not being able to be in person with them and we'd hope Mm. that well, we'll be able to bring them into the studio as well at some point, and hopefully in person as well in Jerusalem, in Yushalayim. Amen. But until then, we have Amen. another question from our Amen. listeners, if you wouldn't mind. I'd like to ask another question about Shidduchim, a question that's come up. Rabbi, how do I know when I meet the right one? I'm so full of doubts, and I don't know how to overcome them. What should I do? Shualim po kvod arav, ech ani yodea kshani efgosh et adam amatim li. Ani kol kach male besfekot. That's a very important question. Very nice. There are a few things that people need to know. Hashem is the one that does all the matching. He alone himself, that is what Hashem does. Not through an angel. Hashem himself is the one that makes all the matches and, bring, and brings couples together. The Ari writes, There is no reality that a person will get married to someone who does not belong to him. If a person, for example, went out on a meeting, In advance, you need to know that you're going to have to work. There's no reality that you get married and everything is absolutely perfect. This is a work, a daily work. Gedalia knows very well that it's working. A person, when he knows in advance that when he gets married, he's going to have to work on the marriage, and it makes no difference who he marries. He's going to have to work on the marriage for the marriage to succeed. There's no reality finding a woman, finding a spouse, and not having to work on the relationship. No reality whatsoever. So if a man, for example, meets a woman and things are more or less okay, okay, he has his doubts, but he knows that he is going to have to work on the relationship for it to succeed. From his point of view, he needs to go in the direction of getting married. If she is not his soulmate, from the heavenly realm, they will cancel this connection. There is no reality of a person getting married to someone who is not his soulmate. We thank Hashem, marry our children at a young age, they meet their soulmate for 15 minutes and they already go to the and they already go to get married. 
What can you know in 15 minutes? We, the parents, realize that this is a suitable connection. And the young couple get married. And they live happily and joyfully. They work on the relationship, of course. A person needs to know, whenever young men come to me and they have their doubts on the matching that they were offered, on the woman that they were offered, I always say to them, do you have any good solid reason to say no to this relationship? And he says, no, I don't have. So I say to him, go get married. <laughs> and those that say no for no reason, afterwards, after several years, they'll come to the tzaddikim, to the righteous people. And the righteous person will tell them, listen, you met your soulmate in the past. You said no. Again, there's no reality meeting someone that you will not have to work on the relationship for it to succeed. Every one of the men and the young men have to learn the book in the Garden of Peace. And if he learns that book well, and he'll want to work on himself and on the relationship, then he can get married, I don't know, even with the worst woman in the world. And he'll have a good life. And without the Garden of Peace, without working on himself and on the relationship, he can marry the best woman in the world and he'll have hell. It all depends on what? On the amount of work that you put into yourself and into the relationship. There's no such thing as an unsuccessful couple. There's a couple that do not want to work on the relationship. Good luck. And Mazel Tov. <laughs> wow, so that's very important that we covered ground on that question. And these questions are once again really appreciated. Someone reached out on YouTube that they're not doing so well health-wise. How do they have the joy and the strength to overcome illness so they can recover quickly? Can the Rav and Gedalia give us some encouragement? Like we're talking tonight, today, about soulful win. How do we win in our health and our well-being? מישהו הרב שלח שאלה שהוא לא מרגיש מאושר, הוא לא מרגיש שמח, הוא לא מרגיש בריא. איך הוא יכול להתגבר על הרגשות האלה, על התחושות האלה? הוא צריך להיות חבר שלי. He needs to be my friend. איך יהיה חבר שלי? How's he going to be my friend? ילמד את הספרים שלך. Learn the books that I wrote. Start learning in the garden of אמונה. Then in the garden of wisdom. Then he'll learn in the Garden of Gratitude. And he'll go from book to book. Start speaking to Hashem. And he'll see how the soul of the soul will be 
eye to eye, he'll see how his soul becomes healthy. Because Rabbi Nachman of Breslov writes that the soul and emuna are one thing. The minute he has emuna, he has faith, he'll also have a healthy soul. Good luck. Amen. Gedalia, you can help us with this. You have a well-being center, an evolution center, recovery center. People are challenged with health and well-being. We'd like to hear from you about this. I think Rabbi Rush, the doctors are worried that Rabbi Rush is going to take over. I am so into this topic, by the way. I'm, I've been obsessed with this topic because when I read this topic that Rabbi Nachman said that the healing simcha cures everything, and the majority of the sickness is from sadness. I did so much research on this topic myself. And, and I started getting into very complicated books and even into conscious books. And there's a very, there, was some, there was one line that really hit me so hard that the body, whatever you hold in the, in the mind, the, the body's gonna manifest, it's the bottom line. So when we realize that the consciousness of the mind is at a level of 400 and the body's at a level of 200, that means emuna is healing. If you can heal in the mind, which is a placebo effect, which is what all these people are saying, uh, um, you know, whether it's Dr. Joe Dispenza and, and all these all these miracle healing books and, and, and placebo effects, all of these all of these books are saying the same exact thing. When a person changes his belief, when a person is able to change, when a person is able to think greater than he feels, when he's a person is able to tap into something greater than himself, which is faith. And faith is not something we have. Faith is something we have to go to. It's not something I have a moon, I don't have a moon. I have to go to faith. I have to close my eyes and go to faith. And when you realize I myself have had situations in my life where with arms or, or knees and areas, and I and I got more healing from the meditation and from and believing that God's God's mercy and believing and meditating on getting healing and picturing it and visualizing getting healing, and the healing came because you have to recognize that the mind is stronger than the body. If you're just focusing on the body and not dealing with the mind, you lose the whole concept. And this is why Reb Nachman's constantly told us that healing is emunah. If you want healing, there can never be healing without emunah. That's why I personally go to my rehab centers and, and I'm talking faith to them because without faith, there's no healing. And this is it's, it's such a vicious, it's such a strong line that if we can somehow get our get our head in the right place. The body's going to follow. But people that are, you know, in life, according to your theory, is your therapy. That means if your therapy is, it's only it's only a, me- uh, a medical problem. Without worrying, without putting the energy on the amuna, you're going to, that's going to be your, 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 your emphasis on. But when you literally understand that the mind, manif- the body manifests what the mind's holding, then it gives you such a power to recognize I can heal it in my mind and the body follows. And the way to heal is obviously through faith. So there has to be a faith concept through prayer, through Devakis, through Amuna, etc. So again, you got to think greater than you feel. That is the toughest thing when anybody's going through a situation is to think greater than they feel. Remember, your mind is at a higher level than your body. Your body feels this way, but your mind can alter it. I can put my mind wherever I want. And when you realize that, you realize your unlimited potential to heal.
It's an unbelievable thing where healing, I can have the power to heal just by altering my mind to where I want to focus on. And I'm not, I'm not binded by doctors. I'm not binded by nature. I'm not binded by statistics. I'm not binded by fear, etc. So remember, your mind's on a higher consciousness than the body. The mind gets there, the body will follow. If the body doesn't have the mind connected, then you don't have healing. Wow. All our people underneath are saying, without faith, there is no healing. And people are getting very excited about how much it takes hard work. It's not something which is just uh, easy come, easy go. It's something which takes a lot of inner work, learning the Rav Svarim, listening to Shirim daily from Gedalia, and Ruch Hashem, we have Rav Dain Elgod's daily Halakhic Shirim as well. We have to learn Torah. Also brings Amuna and healing. And uh, hopefully a little bit of my classes and the other Rabbonimu teacher, they bring Amuna and healing and all the other wonderful teachers we have globally. We all have to work on strengthening each other in Amuna. And everyone themselves, as we see from underneath, can become a healer and a teacher of Amuna themselves by sharing Amuna and growing with it together and sharing these posts. We really appreciate sometimes, it. Yeah. Sometimes also we have, to, we, have, we have to be careful what makes us sick. And that's usually fear. That's usually, so we have to, you know, if you could stay away from the problem, you don't have to get healed. Like Rav Nachman says, I want you to do what you do in the, at the end, in the beginning. So that's another thing also preventing, you know, yes, we all have tough days, but we don't want to stay in those days. We want to be able to shift our consciousness constantly, not to, God forbid, let let things, you know, stimmer and, let, and, and build, you know, all these negative emotions that they unfortunately turn into, God forbid, some kind of disease or anything. Sure. So that's very, very important. That we, we need to take these words and really, as Gadali often teaches in his classes, apply them in a practical sense. And that's the key, that we really have to work on this, like with, with strategies and real plans to up, apply all this. And we see that Ravosh is a role model in all these years. We've seen his avoda of his spodidus and his teaching in person. And now, thank God, we get to do this online together. We have the merit to share from Yushalayim. We'd like to go to a third question, if possible, or fourth, I think. Fourth question. Yes, a fourth question, which is really connected to the other questions. Rabbi, how do I cope with my addictions? I pray, I cry, I say thank you, but I can't overcome them. My addictions overcome me. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? אני מתפלל, אני מבקש, אני בוכה, אני אומר תודה, אני לא מצליח להתגבר, ההתמכרויות מתגברות עליי. מה עושים? שאלה חשובה וחשובה לכולם. That's a very important question and an important question for everyone. כל בן אדם פה בעולם הזה יש לו התמכרויות. Because every person in this world has an addiction to something. יש התמכרויות שהן לא נורמליות. There are abnormal addictions. Like, for example, drugs, alcohol, gambling, etc. But everyone also has addictions to his own lusts and his own desires. Even if a person has a desire and a lust to sleep, he knows how to get into bed. He doesn't know how to get out of it. <laughs> That's also a sort of addiction. Any challenge that a person has can be defined as addiction. There are some people which they're eating. That is what kills them. <laughs> 
That's why this is a question that's important for everyone. So what does a person do? A person needs to know that he has a dark side. And everyone has a dark side that's already become so big that it's overtaken the person. And the person has no power to overcome his dark side. So what is he supposed to do? Certainly, it's very important to learn about this subject. Every subject, there's so much material that you can learn today and study about that subject. And then every day he learns a bit more. He takes a notebook. A working notebook. And he starts writing in that notebook. All these different points that he's got to work on. And then he sets aside a set amount of time to pray for this every single day. Better to do half an hour on a daily basis. But if he hasn't merited yet to do half an hour, he should do at least 15 minutes, not less. And a person needs to know he's got to repeat what he's saying many, many times. Don't think that you're supposed to say new things every single moment. For example, let's give an example, something that many people need. A person, he's prone to anger. In my book, The Garden of Amun, I have a whole chapter on anger. A small chapter, three, four pages. So a person should learn that chapter every single day. And then he should start praying, working to strengthen his willpower. And pray, Hashem, have mercy on me. Give me the intellect, the knowledge. Give me the mind to know how to overcome this. Give me pure and complete faith. Give me wisdom and understanding. Have mercy on me. That I'll know that everything that's going on around me, it's because that's the way you want it to be that way. If I'm angry, in fact, I'm angry with you, Hashem. When he learns the chapter in the Garden of Amun about anger, he'll understand exactly what I'm speaking about. And he'll pray, and he repeats the words, Hashem, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy on me. Don't ask not to be angry. Ask 
to have the mind, the knowledge, and the faith. Because a person that has this knowledge, that has this wisdom, he's not angry. This is an example. Imagine if a person has an addiction to a certain lust. He needs to speak to Hashem, Father in heaven. Please, I have this and this dark side. He's conquered me. I don't know how to overcome him. I have no power against him. And you, you are infinite. You can do anything. I am your son. I'm your daughter. Please help me. Give me the wisdom, the knowledge. The main thing that we need to ask from Hashem is the knowledge, the wisdom. All of these things happen because a person is literally mindless. Today I met someone. He smokes. Regular cigarettes. I said to him, tell me, are you retarded? Putting this, puffing this into your mouth. You're retarded. What, do you get anything from it? You're burning your lungs. You're burning all your breathing pathways. You're ruining your taste, your ability to taste. You're ruining your sense of smell. You're, you're dirtying the air of HaKadosh Baruch Hu by smoking. And you're retarded. <laughs> Doing this constantly, I mean, come on. You're a stupid idiot. If a person asks Hashem, Hashem, give me the knowledge, give me the mind to understand that this is nonsense, we'll be over with it. All lusts come from stupidity. There's a terrible lust, a terrible desire now in our generation. Internet People go into free internet. And they go to see all these filthy films. The highest thing in this world, which is the love between a man and a woman. There's nothing higher than that. From this connection, children come. Children that will light up the world. And they turn this into lust. A fleshly lust. And like retards, they sit and they cause themselves to be aroused. They become crazy. Rabbi Nachman Abreslov says that all the crazy people in this world it's because of the lust for fornication. All the crazy people on this world paranoid schizophrenic all the diseases all the mental diseases they all come from the lust of fornication. That's why they become angry and sad. 
In short, they're dead. But they're like retards. They sit and they look and they get themselves aroused. They make themselves crazy until he becomes completely crazy. It's a lust. It's mindlessness. That's why all lusts come from mindlessness and stupidity. A person needs to ask Hashem, Hashem, give me the mind, give me the knowledge, the wisdom. What am I doing? A person that's connected to his lust, he has no connection to Hashem. <laughs> He loses everything, literally everything. Give me the the knowledge. What am I doing? What? I'm imagining that I'm enjoying myself? And in fact, I'm becoming crazy. A person needs to pray on this. Do his to do this on a daily basis, every day, to pray and to beg Hashem. To beg, to beg. Have mercy on me. Give me the mind, the wisdom, the knowledge. What's the difference between a person and an animal? That a person. He has the mind, he has the wisdom, the knowledge. If he doesn't have a mind, then he's literally an animal walking on two feet. And he's even worse than all the animals on this world. Because animals also have their lusts and desires. But that is not their purpose. That a person who's addicted to his lust, that becomes his purpose, only to ignite his lusts more and more. That's why a person that doesn't have his bodhidus, that doesn't have a daily session meeting and speaking to Hashem, he doesn't have a good side, he doesn't have the good traits in him. Only a person that has his bodhidus can have the good side. Without that, you only have the dark side. And the dark side defeats you easily, just like that. That's why you should learn the books that I wrote. There's a book called In Forest Fields. And a book called New Light. Learn these books. Learn how to work. And if you work, and you also, you stick to working, you don't give up on it. There's nothing that you will not be able to achieve. Just like Hashem is all-powerful, so too, a person that is bodhidus is all-powerful. When a person has the power of prayer, he is, in a way, he resembles Hashem himself. Smile.
Yeah, so this is one of the things that when I went to Gedalia's home and, and when we had the pleasure to do our Muna tours in 2018 and 19, and please God again, 2021, we hope to come to Gedalia's home again. Hopefully the home will come to Yushalayim. But it, either way, I remember seeing in Gedalia's home all the Svarim, especially the Rav Svarim, Rav Orish Svarim, how much is written in them and put bookmarks. And I remember giving him the new light when it first came out. And by the year I came back, it was completely eaten up. Like he'd learn and given over and taught. And it was very encouraging. Plus all the other amazing Svarim he reads from that, you know, we, we hear from his book list. It's a very big inspiration. And also seeing the place where he does his espodidus. I don't know if it's still there, but um, it's a very special place. And we, we got in tremendous encouragement being in your home. So we'd like to just round off the class. If Gedali would like to say just a... Uh, Ending off words, and then we'll just round off with the rough. Maybe, and maybe, maybe we'll ask Gedalia about yeah. addiction. That addiction. is one. That is one of Gedalia's specialties. These questions. Yes, please. What do you say, Gedalia? Right now, seven hundred and fifty people on that forty-day challenge, and I can't tell you how how much time I spent talking about this issue. How much this issue brings so much darkness and how many single girls we have out there, and how many guys depressed, with they're broke, no money, and it's it, it been so much pain. This is why I talk about this issue, about the 40-day challenge, and I, and I strongly, guys, I tell people, don't do anything. First, you start the 40-day challenge. First, we work on this department, because without working on this department, you can never get to second base. You can't get to the next department. And this is, you know, Ramachman talks so much about this issue that we have to tackle this issue. And just a little bit about addictions. And, you know, obviously the root of addictions is, is to avoid pain. And, you know, we have a moon to avoid pain. Addictions, not only do, do you, you don't activate growth, because what's the opposite of avoiding pain? What does pain turn into growth? But addictions, basically, they cut off growth. That's the number one problem. So you don't grow. You just stay in that addiction. The second problem is, is anytime you get, you use an addiction to alter your state of mind, you're getting something for nothing. You're getting something. So this is what the root of being sh walking around with shame. Because all of a sudden I'm feeling, I don't feel good. I'm depressed. Next thing you know, I take something that takes my dopamine levels from zero to 300 in one second. I didn't earn that. I didn't earn that. If I want to get to that level, I have to go wake up at five o'clock. I have to meditate. I have to learn to get to that level. But addictions are rooted in getting something for nothing, which is the bread of shame. So anytime you receive it, it comes back. We get that high, we come back, we didn't earn it. So you get such a tremendous shame, it makes you lose your self-esteem, etc. The third thing we have to recognize that, that any addiction, like, like our creator says, I'm the one who took you out of Egypt, that God wants a daily, 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 daily um, relationship with you. And sometimes Hashem gives you an addiction, and you shouldn't feel shame about it, but you should recognize that that addiction forces you to have a relationship with Him because you're so dependent upon your creator that if we don't stop praying for it, if we don't start working on ourselves, we fall right into the addiction. So at the end of the day, what I've seen is I've seen addictions, and for people use it to the right way, they're able to conquer, they became 10 times better people. They became more spiritual, they became more awake, they became different people if they use that addiction to get closer to the Creator. But if we don't work on ourselves, like the Rabbi Arush says, then we can only walk around is with shame. We walk around with shame, we lose our self-esteem, and, and we lose our potential, we lose our growth. So obviously we could talk about this for 10 years, but I would, we want to end it at that. But again, the, the whole emphasis of Rabbi Rush's teachings is very simple. 
whatever you work on will work for you. You can't expect a miracle without any work. And this is the same thing I tell people about marriage. Don't expect it to be easy. Expect it that this is something you have to grow into. It's not beauty. In the, it's not finding Cinderella. It's finding the beauty in the beast. <laughs> you know, it, with anything, it, with anything in life, it's 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 the preparation and the mindset that this is going to be a challenge. This is not this for when you go into something as a challenge. You you don't get a spoiler alert. You don't get a situation that throws you off and you and you get knocked out. But when you know before, this is going to be a challenge. This is a challenge. Challenges make you stronger. Then your whole mindset is different than everything else in life. But when you don't have that mindset, you, you, you want something for nothing, you can only be let down. This is where the root of all people wanting free things and shame, etc. Ask, if a person feels tired from this bodhidas and very exhausted, put all their energy into it, does that mean they're doing it right or... Do they need to change the just a little bit? They're, they're praying to change God. They're praying, praying to change expectations. Anytime you get too tired, it's because you you have too much of an expectation. You have to let go. And, and the problem is today, more than ever, like the rabbi says, when we talk about anger, where does anger stem? First, it stems from fear. Fear makes you want to control everything. After you, con- after you, you can't control anything, you're going to get angry. After anger comes depression. So the real root of the problem is to fix anger at, at, at trust instead of having fear. This is what the rabbi is talking. Go go deep into that concept. Once you go deep in his bodhidut, once you go deep into an issue, Hashem will give you the knowledge and he'll tell you, okay, you want to fix your anger problem? You need to fix your, You need to trust Hashem. Because if you trust Hashem, you're not going to have fear. And without fear, you're not going to have control. Without control, you're not going to have anger. And anger is going to lead you to the depression. So that that's the whole to understand, not just to deal with the, not deal, not just to deal with the fruit, but deal with the root. His bodhidut allows you to go into the root of the issues that we're dealing with. And this is how you get the, the 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 mercy when you're able to go really deep. And Hashem sees in your efforts, you go really deep into an issue. He gives you the mercy on how to solve that issue, and it works a hundred percent of the time. But you have to be able to put that time in. So we really appreciate Gedalia joining us for 25th Ramuna class Thank QA. Thank you very, very much. We just want to let everyone know that we, in the following weeks, we're going to have soulful musical guests like Yosef Daniel on the 30th of January. A week from now, he either zoom in or person. It depends on the rules. They're getting stricter and stricter here now, closing down Ben Gurion. Yeah. Ben Gurion Sagu. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> but you, you macha, but tell, the, tell the rabbi, come to Florida. Yeah. Yeah, quickly, fly, fly. Yeah, Florida, they're all open. And then in person, energized, uh, we've the got Y Shafari. The airport's open. Oh, we've got Y Shafari and Jonathan Hill, hopefully in person. We're praying that everyone should be able to come in person. Man, the man. Wine Red Brothers, we've got Shlomo Katz, Aiton Katz. Man, it showed man. some interest. Nuriel, I, I spoke to Eitan Katz as Shabbos. He'd like to come. He's now moved to Jerusalem. And Nuriel as well, a beautiful band from Jerusalem. We have a lot of music coming. It's just a matter of getting a little bit of these rules lessened. Otherwise, we'll have to zoom the music in somehow, which will be even more fun than what we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it will be good. Thank you again for joining us. Everyone should have a healthy winter and a beautiful yeah, week. And a beautiful Shabbos. All the blessings should be Makayim. Thank you, Gedalia, and all your team. Thank you, Gedalia. Thank you, everyone watching. Maybe the Rav can end off with a song, some chizuk, some bracha. Rabbi, say one of bracha, and shir. Tell the Rabbi to sing, O Emuna, O Meshuga. Oh. Emuna, O
אני רוצה רק להגיד לכל מי שאיתנו ויהיה איתנו, שיכול להיות שהוא פעם ראשונה שבכלל שומע מה זה התבודדות. גם אם שמע אבל עוד לא התחיל לעשות את זה. תאמינו, תלמדו את הספרים. Believe me, learn the books. You will see how faith penetrates your hearts. How it becomes natural for you to speak to Hashem. That's why it's very easy to have these books, to purchase these books. The books are translated into English.